What is up, my podcast listeners? This is your host, Rafal Matuszewski, and I'm excited to get this episode going because one, we missed a couple weeks because I was gone in Chicago and then Disneyland, and I kind of missed just chatting to you guys and just shooting the shit about fitness and health, Um, and I think I need to do an episode of you know, just kind of catching up with you guys and also kind of doing an episode for all my new listeners because I always forget that sometimes I pick up some new listeners who don't know who I am and what I do and I think it's time to uh, do another episode because I think I did this over a year ago of like, you know, I think it kind of started with, you know, what my certifications were and what I do on a daily basis. So I think our next episode this weekend I'll uh, do a little episode on that, but today we have another compilation episode, which I'm excited about, um, because a lot of the topics that I bring up is a lot of bigger picture stuff, stuff I can't talk, stuff, and a lot of people miss the whole concept of true success in fitness and health is not following a strict plan, a strict diet, or whatever it is, it's long-term discipline um, around things to improve your environment and learning how to improve yourself that will influence things like eating, you waking up early to get a workout in, and anything else related to health. It comes through life experience and how to learn from those life experiences. So In this compilation episode, we have a few topics that I chose that kind of um, relay that. And the first episode, we're going to go into episode 292, where we talk about adversity and how adversity actually molds you and builds character for you to be more successful down the line when things come up in your life. And a lot of times, people hate going into those situations where you know, they have to grind it out, they have to go through shit, they're like, why is this happening to me? But at the end, you know, the last 10 years of my career, I actually look forward to challenging times in my life, because there's been so many times where when that's happened, there's been so much personal growth, that now if without that experience, I would not be where I am today without that. Um, And then the next one, we go into perspective. I think this is a huge one because a lot of times, especially with social media, we're constantly looking and comparing ourselves. And it's literally the worst thing we can do when it comes to improving our health. Because with my industry, it is so terrible when it comes to like social media, especially it's like, look how amazingly fit I am. And they're trying to be inspirational and they're just, you know, half naked showing off their bodies of how uh, toned and shredded they are and the average person looks at that they're like fuck I'm never gonna ever look like that so I dedicated a whole episodes episode 308 on perspective and how to kind of look at things a little bit differently Um, and then we're going to go into episode 299 of this concept of longevity And I think a lot of times people, when they get into fitness and health, they're super motivated. They want to work out really, really hard and do whatever it is, but they don't really think of long-term goals. They don't think about, okay, 
you know, 10 years from now, how is my health and fitness going to look like? A lot of times it's like, okay, can I get fit over the next two months or three months so I can look better? But really, in reality, we need to start looking longer term, like in 5, 10, 15, 20 years, where your health is going to be when it comes to focusing on working out, eating better, meditating, whatever it is. And then lastly, we get into a little bit more specific nutrition stuff. Uh, We get into episode 306, and I go over habit-based nutrition, and that's A huge, huge thing for me and my clients that I always go over is habit-based nutrition compared to like here's a plan, a meal plan to follow, and hopefully you can figure that out. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to stop blabbing, but these four episodes are going to be super helpful for all of you. So I can't wait for you guys to listen to it, and here we go. Today what I want to talk about is... Adversity, (laughs) because, you know, 2020 is upon us, like, we're seven days in, and I can't tell you enough how much 2020 has already kicked my fucking ass in the health department. Like, I have gone sick already this year, like, terribly, (laughs) and today's, like, literally the first day where I'm, like, almost better. So let me, like give you some context of all this. Um, I have some big health goals. And um, one of them is I want to be able to deadlift 350 pounds because, you know, this past year I hit 300. I was like, fuck, that's awesome. I want to do 350. Obviously, that's what happens. Um, And I also want to get a little bit leaner. And, like, last year... um, I really wanted to, you know, track macros and get really specific. But the year previous, I went to a really strict macro um, protocol, and like I ended up losing a lot of weight really quickly because I was so, so um, precise in my macros. And when I got off that thing, man, like I went through a spell of binge eating and just drinking and. This year, I want to be able to, you know, track the macros to get a little bit leaner, like I did before, but not such a harsh cut. Like, this is the thing about me. I'm like, I go 100% or not. So, my goal for January to be less aggressive was to, like, just focus on good nutrition, clean eating, no, like, crap meals at all other than two social events that I have this month. And then in February, I would introduce some, um, you know, maybe two or three days a week where I, like, pinpoint my macros, and the other days I just eat how I usually eat, and so forth throughout the year. Um, So I had all these goals. And, you know, literally on New Year's Day, I always do like a workout for the new year. And, you know, I could already feel something was off. I was like, man, like my body is just not happy with me for some reason. Sorry, like my voice even sounds like shit right now. Um, And it wasn't until that Thursday, so literally the next day after um, New Year's Day, 
went to bed, fell asleep like right away. Like I know if my body's on the right path, if I like, sleep like a baby. So here I am, usual self, dead asleep. And then out of nowhere, wake up at 3 a.m., like wide awake. And I'm like, okay, this is weird, whatever. Like still have like, you know, four hours until I have to wake up or three hours, can't remember. Um, so I was like, oh, I'll just drink some water. I'll go back to sleep. Tossing and turning for two and a half hours. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And I'm like, you know what? I guess I'll just stay up. And I like went to the clinics, treated patients, and like every hour started getting worse and worse, like low energy. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe if I work out, like I'll just get through my warm up. I'll feel a little bit better. Did a warm up. I thought I felt better. But the moment I got home, I was like, man, I just need to lay down. Passed out for 30 minutes, and like my wife woke me up because we had to go downtown for a dinner. And I'm like, holy shit, like I am getting sick. Like, what the fuck is going on? And, you know, we had to cut dinner early, get home about 9 30 p.m. And I'm like, babe, I need to go to sleep. Like, I don't know what's going on. I go to sleep around 9 30. The next day, I wake up at 1.30 p.m. with a fever, huge headache, like a headache like I couldn't, like, I've never had it like this before. Like, my entire head was throbbing. I'm like, what the fuck? And, like, I had this goal for my fitness to be able to hit 350 was to be active and work out every single day of the year. It's not lifting weights every single day, but... You know, on my off days, I would do a mobility workout, foam roll, things like that. And I didn't even have the energy to do that. Like, I was in bed on my ass the entire time. And I'm like, fuck, 2020 is already killing me. Right? And, like, every new year, I get this huge motivation push to, like, really step it up on my professional side, my business side, my relationship side. And I just couldn't do it. I'm like, for fuck's sakes. The reason why I'm bringing this up is when it comes to fitness and health, things like this is always going to happen. Over and over and over again. Non-stop. It's whether or not what we choose to do in those situations. You know, like, yesterday I didn't feel that great. But I was like, fuck it, I'm still going to work out. So I went in, did my warm-up. I was like, you know what? Okay, I'm, I can still go for it. I ended up just doing two sets. Like, my entire workout ended up just being 30 minutes. But, like, it took, it took it out of me. Like, I wasn't dead or anything. It just, like, it took a lot of energy. Today, like, my legs are a little bit sore from a workout because I was on my ass the entire weekend. So I did a mobility workout. Like, adversity is going to face you all the fucking time. Like, life will literally kick you in the nuts, punch you in the face, karate chop your throat over and over and over and over again. And it's going to feel like sometimes it's going to feel like a domino effect. Like, it's going to be one thing after another. Like, you know, you think you're, like, getting over the hump, and then something else happens. Fucking car accident happens, or... You know, you lose your job or your girlfriend or spouse breaks up with you, you, dog dies, whatever shitty thing you can think of, it's going to happen this year. 
regardless, it's going to happen. But it's, the determining factor, if you're going to be successful in this year, is what you're going to do in the face of adversity. Are you going to dwell in it? Or are you going to be like, oh, woe is me? Like, why does this always happen to me? Why can't it happen to someone else? Or are you going to be like, fuck, yeah, that sucks. Let's move on. You know, it's a state of mind. Like, life will throw shit at us all the fucking time. And if you have this goal of finally losing 10 pounds, finally gaining some muscle, finally shedding fat, you're going to have to be prepared to deal with shit. Like, we don't all have the luxury to, you know, get paid to work out and all we have to worry about is hitting our macros and whatever. We have all sorts of shit going on. You can be successful. And I think a lot of times when these life events happen, people just fall off completely. You know, the other day I saw a video pop up on my news feed of Jordan Syed talking to one of his clients over Skype or the phone or wherever it was. And he made a brilliant analogy about how, you know, fitness and health can be literally the same as a poker game. You know, every poker player, professional poker player knows they're going to lose hands and they know that eventually one hand is going to be theirs, they're going to win eventually they'll have another hand that wins and eventually they're going to end up with a big pot of chips but most of the time they're losing hands constantly so now think about it if a poker player decides to quit their first hand that they lose they're not going to be a very good poker player Right? So when it comes to nutrition, fat loss, weight loss, whatever you want to call it, people throw in the towel the moment they lose the first time. So this year of 2020, the moment you get faced with your first bit of adversity, like, I don't know, your car breaks down and now you have to pay money to fix it and now maybe you can't go to your gym because you can't afford it, is that going to actually stop you completely from achieving your goals? You know, like sometimes people need this tough chat about, okay, fuck, yeah, your car broke down, deal with it like an adult. Now, what are we going to do about this gym situation because you have to pay for your car? Work out at home. Oh, I don't have the equipment. Like, fuck, you have your body. You can get a band you can go to a garage sale and buy old gym equipment like be creative you know people have been getting fit for centuries without machines at a gym like i know it's not ideal but it's something in the meantime right like be as optimistic as possible look at every negative thing in your life and ask yourself what is this teaching me and what opportunity is there for me to learn from like everything that happens in our life has some sort of meaning and has some sort of opportunity that we can make out of it it just depends on what you choose to do with it man i am on fire today with this shit all right so i need to end it because i'm already home and oh man i could have spoken for hours without end on this one but Guys, thank you so much for listening. I really hope that this kind of riled you up to kind of get you going in the right direction. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Hit the show notes, click the link, add me on Facebook, 
because um, I post a lot of good stuff. Share this podcast with your friends and family. Give me a five-star rating. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You guys are amazing. Till next time, you guys. want to cover is something, again, kind of bigger picture, but it's going to give you a lot of insight to those times where you feel kind of defeated, down, and especially for those people struggling with weight loss. So when I coach clients, especially with nutrition, it becomes a very emotional and sensitive kind of arena for these people to one, open up to me, and two, for me to start asking the right questions to get the deeper meaning of why, what's attached to this weight loss. And I think this is all coming at the perfect time because I find that a lot of times when I do these solo episodes, things happen to me at a certain time, at a certain place, and it's perfect for an episode because all the things that are happening in my life regarding others all end up benefiting with these episodes. So the idea behind this episode is to look at perspective, right? I think a lot of times when people feel defeated when they're trying to lose weight because, you know, they've been doing it for so long, nothing seems to be working, they're putting in the effort, they're going to the gym, they're waking up early to get to the gym, and all this other shit, and they still have no, you know, result to show for. And most recently I posted a simple saying of, you know, in 10 years, you won't give a fuck how much you weigh today. You're not going to think back 10 years from now and be like, oh my God, I stepped on the scale and I was 202 pounds when I really want to be 160. Like, you're not going to remember that. But for some reason, in that time, in that moment, that little square box that somehow gives you validity to your life, it gives you some sort of value number like it just doesn't make fucking sense to me like no no one and no nothing in this world I was gonna say no thing uh, um, should you know tell you how much you're worth especially when it comes to your health anyway you gotta put things in perspective yes you are struggling to lose weight, look better, feel better, and everything above. But take a second and start thinking about others, right? Anytime I, in my life, feel like I'm not progressing fast enough, especially when it comes to business, because I'm so passionate about helping others, and this is where like the business sense comes out. I'm like, oh, if I can market it this way, if I can do it this way, I can reach more people, I can be more successful, I can win at business, whatever, whatever. When I start getting into that zone of like, oh, I'm not good enough, I'm not doing enough, I try so hard, I keep hitting walls. Like, you know, I go through like de 
impressive spells when I put out a Facebook ad and it doesn't get enough traction like I hoped it did. Like that's fucked up. Like that's a really stupid problem to be worried about. And then I started thinking, I'm like, who in this world would look at that problem and be like, bruh, are you, are you serious right now? So I start thinking like really, really negative thoughts, like worst case scenarios. Like what if my wife died for some apparent reason, some random thing happened? What if I like lost my job? What if like I just get into like really, really dark and negative thoughts and then I take myself out of it and go, holy fuck, I can't believe I was complaining because my Facebook ad wasn't working the way I wanted to. The $25 I spent didn't get enough traction. Right? Perspective. Like, we've already won. Like, if you live in North America, you fucking won the lottery. If you were born anywhere else in this world that's not North America, that might be dealing with famine, might be dealing with gang violence, might be dealing with corruption in the government. Your issue of not seeing weight loss coming down fast enough is going to sound idiotic. And I'm not saying like, you know, because you know people when you're talking to someone and you're complaining because you're just venting and people are like, well, kids in Africa are dying. Or you're like, fuck you, dick. Like, that doesn't help me right now. And I'm not trying to do that. What I'm trying to do is get you to think in a different perspective. You know, there's some people in this world that are obese and have failed to see successful weight loss and they're the happiest people on this earth. But for some reason, some people out there that just want to lose 10 pounds become so obsessive over it to the point where if they step on a scale every single day and not see the numbers go down, they get angry, they get pissed off, they get into a depressive spell, they get into a dark place when other people in this world that are dealing with harsher things and not so much in different countries but just in life in general somehow they can find happiness you know really put yourself in other people's shoes because like when you the moment you do this you start realizing how amazing your life is you know you can't have every bit of your life so perfect like it doesn't doesn't happen Go chat with, like, people that are rich beyond your dreams and really have a deep conversation with them. Some of them, not all of them, are fucking depressed more than you can imagine, right? They probably went through some shit at some point of their life and that stuck with them. And then there's other people in this world that have literally nothing and they're doing amazing things that's perspective you know so the next time 
you want to hop on a scale or start thinking those negative thoughts that, hey, my weight loss is not going fast enough, start thinking about what other people have to deal with. Because I'm pretty sure if we audit your life, you probably have some pretty fucking awesome things going on. It could be like your work is super awesome. You have a dog that absolutely adores you that every time you come home from work, it's so excited to see you and licks your face off. Or maybe you have a grandchild that you're super, super proud of and you two are like best friends. Like prospective people. Like, do you really think that in 10 years, I'm gonna go back to my original point, that you're gonna really give a shit about your struggle and frustration that the scale's not moving down? Probably not. What you should care about are things that are gonna get you to your goal that's not going to devour your entire mental state. Because the ugly kind of part of this whole fitness and health thing is that people feel ashamed, people feel of no value if they're at a weight where they don't feel their best. Like it's some sort of like cardinal sin that if you don't look a certain way that your value is less than the person that's actually you know as fit as you as fit as you know someone beside you I mean sorry like it makes no sense to me you need to start worrying about bigger things in your life if the number one issue in your head right now is that weight is not coming off as fast enough like you gotta rethink your priorities and you know some people listening might be kind of pissed off but you know sometimes you need that tough love like this is kind of like really soul searching kind of work you know when people feel frustrated with their weight and everything that revolves around that one thing, you gotta start digging deeper within yourself to see if it actually really matters. Because the moment I can get a client to stop thinking about the number on the scale and change their perspective and have a different outlook on exercise and eating right, that shit just comes so easily. It's like, the less you think about it, the more successful you'll be, right? I think a lot of times people blow, you know, things out of proportion, especially when it comes to their weight. But at the same time, it's like, a lot of people don't wanna change what they're doing currently that they think it's working to see the change they want to see. A lot of times when people think they're working hard enough, they're just not working as smart. You know, they might be going to the gym multiple times in a day, seven days a week, still not hitting that number they want to see. And in reality, their sleep is shit and their stress is through the roof. That's not going to help. 
sometimes less is more. And these things where it comes to like the mental state of what's going on with you, those are the things that are gonna change tenfold and you're gonna see huge strides in success. So I'm gonna leave it at that. The first thing I wanna get into uh, is a little like reflection piece on my career because I haven't really celebrated this accomplishment yet and I gave a little, you know, preview to it in my last episode with Mike Boyle, but um, since this is a solo episode and it's about me, I might as well just talk about me in this case. But really cool thing happened is I got nominated to um, Canada's Top Trainer of the Year Award. Um, and then in November, when I was at Disneyland, I got an email that I was in the final, like the finalists. And Impact Magazine comes out with this list of Canada's best top trainers every single year. And I freaking won it. <laughs> so the cool thing is what they did was with the finalists, they had a panel of judges that looked over all the coaches that were nominated and went through a series of voting. and. I made top 30 out of all Canada and top 10 in BC, which is the province that I reside in here in Canada. So super cool, super humbling to be on a list like that. And you know, they have like this award ceremony thing happening um, next month for it. So I'm super blessed to have this award. And I have so many people congratulate me. They're like, oh my God, that's amazing. But you know what? Like, I don't feel like I deserve it just yet. Like, I don't feel like I've done enough to get something like this. I constantly live my life, my career life, as I have more to give. I have more things and time and brain space to give to other people. And to get an award like this, I almost feel like I don't deserve it. It's, it's a, such a weird feeling and I've had so many people congratulate me and I'm like, yeah, thank you, but I just don't feel like I'm there yet. And I kind of had this conversation with Mike Boyle on my solo podcast and it wasn't until his 40s where he felt like, you know what, I'm an expert, I know what I'm talking about. And that was under already like, what, 22 years of coaching. So one, I'm super thankful, super blessed to have this. But two, this is just the beginning. Like I have so much more to give. But anyway, let's get to the show. I wanna get into part three. Actually, you know what? F that, I'm gonna switch it up. I'll do part three of low back pain some other time. But I wanna talk about this concept of longevity. Right, so the other day I posted on my social platforms, aka Facebook and Instagram. So for those listening or watching that don't follow me on Facebook and Instagram, do so now. Hit the show notes, add me on Facebook, follow me on Instagram at Cut the Shit Get Fit Podcast, and look at the post. So I created a post saying it was a quote post of the number one priority 
for your fitness and health goals should be longevity. You know, I don't think anyone, anyone thinks about this. I constantly have this idea in my head that when I become 80, 90, or 100 years old, I do not want to have a life where I need a walker, assisted living, or anything like that because of joint restrictions, broken bones, you know, unintended injuries, things like that. So my goal, my physical goal for fitness and health is to be as mobile as possible in my late years. So how do I get there? Well, one, I gotta work on my mobility and flexibility fucking daily. Right? I gotta make sure I don't do stupid shit in the gym because of my ego trying to convince me to do so. I gotta make sure I don't do stupid sports and injure myself. Like I can't think like an 18 year old or a 19 year old where you think you're invincible and if you decide to go bungee jumping because it's fucking cool and you jump off to the ledge and the impact coming down gives you whiplash and now your neck is fucked. You know, you know, like things like that. Like I see it all the time, like guys who get back into the gym in their 40s and 50s, they still think like they're 20 and they think by pushing heavy, heavy weights and promoting bad form and promoting bad posture constantly is gonna make them healthy because they're listening to their ego. So um the big thing here is whatever your goal is right now you need to really rethink it you know my post contained this whole idea of you know I want to lose 10 pounds I want to lose whatever X amount of pounds everyone has that goal but start peeling back the layers figure out why why do you want to lose those 10 pounds why do you want to get to that point? What are you going to achieve? And I do this with my clients. A lot of times when you start peeling back shit, a lot of emotional and psychological shit comes up. And I remember having this conversation with a a female client of mine and she wanted to lose weight, not because she wanted to lose weight, it was because she was divorced for 10 years and wanted to get back to dating. She wanted to have a body where she felt sexy, where she felt confident, and wanted to make her ex a little jealous. Those are the real reasons. You know what I mean? And let's take that example and say we give a number of, that's 40 pounds. 40 pounds would get you that feeling, those things in your life. But how are you gonna get there with this whole concept of longevity. You know, it's really easy to go Google search a cleanse or a diet that's gonna promise you to lose, you know, five pounds a week because you're gonna starve yourself and basically drink some sort of juice every day, right? But is that really gonna last long term? You know, are you going to make yourself feel those things sexy, confident, and have other, your ex jealous of you? Forever. Probably not. 
you're gonna go through those hoops and hurdles of yo-yo dieting and not get to your goal. You will probably end, like if you followed through, hell yeah, you would get those 40 pounds off. You'll maybe, maybe be able to maintain it for a little bit, but you're gonna go right back to where you started. So really think big picture. Like every goal you have, you gotta think longevity. Here's another example. I want to deadlift 350 pounds this year. But I also gotta think of my longevity of it. Like deadlifting heavy numbers all year round is gonna destroy my spine, you know? All powerlifters listening right now, they're going to fucking shit a brick because they're gonna now say, you know, I've been lifting X, Y, and Z for X amount of years, I'm completely fine. But ask yourself, how are you gonna feel when you're 60 and lifting heavy numbers? It's not gonna be the same, right? You need proper recovery in case of my goal. So right now, I'm going through a phase where I'm not even touching a barbell. I'm doing other movements that's gonna support my goal of deadlifting 350, but they're all spine-sparing exercises. So going off of that logic, same thing with the last example of the woman wanting to feel sexy again, lose 40 pounds, and make her get her confidence back and have her ex a little jealous. How are you gonna achieve that as soon as possible, but also long-term, right? Because you want to feel confident and sexy as long as possible, right? Like it's not gonna be a two-week thing and then you're boom, done. So now you're gonna start thinking about your goal a little differently. Maybe you go, okay, maybe I can't do this six-week cleanse to drop everything off. Maybe I need to you know, look at this entire year, right? So many people dropped the ball in 2020 for their fitness and health goals because they don't think about longevity. Think about all the things you need to change in order to see success finally. You know, this whole idea of people saying, I eat pretty good, I work out X amount of times a week, but there's still something more you can do. There's something missing in your whole like way of getting to your fitness and health goal. There's something missing. So people don't actually sacrifice enough little things that add up over time to give you what you want. So going off that logic, really think long-term. Be in it for the long haul. Fitness and health is not a six-week thing, six thing, three-month thing, a year thing. It's a lifestyle. If you truly want to stay in it, be healthy and happy and hit all those goals you have in your head and all those desires you want to have with your body like think lifetime like how does that change your perspective not hey i have a wedding in three months what can i do in three months to get to you know my goals it's a whole nother ball game when you think 
in this way. So to kind of leave it at that point, you want to think longevity, but giving your time frame of a lifetime. You know, how are you going to achieve your goal in a lifetime? Sure, you can get there a lot faster with certain things, and maybe you'll reach it in a year. Say that woman that wants to feel confident, sexy, and have her ex jealous gets to her goal of 40 pounds because she changed the way of her thinking and mindset of, you know what, I'm going to think long-term, the longevity of my change, and she gets it in a year. Does she stop? No. It's an ongoing process because you can always get a little bit better. You can maintain the results you have, but you have to think long-term. And this is what I tell every single person that I talk to when they realize that I'm a trainer and I've been in the industry forever and they ask me like, well, what should I eat and what should I do? And I'm like, change your life. Like, fitness and health is a lifestyle. I think a lot of people are missing the most important things in their life because their health's not in order. You know, I've seen now that I work in a clinic, I've seen a lot of people at the lowest of their low. And it's tough talking to people that are dealing with so much pain, not only physical, but emotionally and psychologically. And they still don't want to change. You know? Having an experience where and I brought this up before, maybe a year or two years ago on one of my solo episodes, of having an experience where I was training an individual and, you know, we started talking about nutrition, he had a high-stress job, and when we got to his nutrition, he ate terribly. Just terribly. And... Like, to a point where he's eating junk food, like fast food, every single day. And I'm like, dude, like, you need to change that. Like, at least limit how much you're, you know, taking in. And he said to me, plain and simple, he's like, I'm never going to change how I eat. I don't want to give it up. Exercise is going to counterbalance that. And I'm like, dude, like, no, like that, that's, that's not how it works. And, you know, we had an argument about it. I tried to tell him like, hey, like for your health, like you need to get this in order. Cause he was also um, dealing with high blood pressure. Like this guy was a ticking time bomb. And, you know, every time I bring up this topic, I feel like I failed as a coach because the same person ended up having a heart attack in his sleep and dying. And I always think back to this moment and I'm like, if he just changed a little bit, maybe if I pushed him a little bit more, maybe if I 
asked him to go speak to somebody else or I did something different, he'd still be with us today. And all he had to do was think long term. This guy left us, well, left his wife with two daughters to raise him by themselves. You know? And when I think about this situation, so much of that could have been reversed with just simple small changes, but expanded for a lifetime, long-term longevity, and maybe it wouldn't have happened. So my challenge for all of you is to really sit down and rethink what your fitness goals are. You know, most of us, especially out of your 20s, you want to move better, feel better, and have more energy. To get that, you got to think long term. You got to start asking yourself, how do I want to feel when I'm 60, 70, and 80? It all connects to better movement, more movement, better eating, and not a quick fix. You can't undo two decades of poor eating and non-exercise habits in a six-week cleanse. So that's it for me, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Right, podcast listeners, welcome back. To another episode of Cut the Shit, Get Fit, I am your host, Rafael Majeshevsky, and this is a special edition because I have a presentation. So for all you listening, you should head to my YouTube page and check out the video version of this, but if you're already driving, doing the dishes, chores, or whatever, how the hell you listen to my podcast, just continue on. You're just going to miss out on all the funny gifts and memes that I have in this presentation. So I brought this presentation out uh, for my gym to kind of get the 101 on nutrition and it's always the same questions I get over and over and over and over again from clients, new clients, people I meet. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to put it all together into a presentation. So without further ado, we are going to hit this up. So I'm going to try to keep this under 15 minutes. But before I forget, I got to do some shout outs. Again, I am terrible at this, remembering cities, but I remember all the states that's listening to my show. So the number one state that is listening to my show right now is Connecticut. Shout out to everybody in Connecticut listening to my show. Number two is the state of Georgia. Shout out to everyone in Georgia listening to my show. That's super cool. And number three the state of Virginia. Shout out to everyone in Virginia. I am so humbled to have people from all over the world and also to states that I've never been in and only heard of from TV series and stuff like that. So it's super cool. If I'm ever out your way, listeners from those three states, you better give me some recommendations of where to go, what to see, and what to do. All right. So... Without messing this up, because I haven't done this in a while, um, hang on. 
All right, I just wanted to make sure my microphone was working on this presentation keynote thing. I thought I had myself muted, but I'll say I did not. But habit-based nutrition, this is what we're going to start with. Yes, it works. Okay. So what is habit-based nutrition? So when I kind of explain what habit-based nutrition is, it should be an automatic response in your life. Just like you brushing your teeth every single day, it should just happen. Like you don't wake up and think about, oh, I need to brush my teeth. It just just happens because as a kid, you, you know, woke up and your parents always told you you got to go brush your teeth before you start your day and over and over and over again it just was ingrained to you so i always make this joke like imagine how great your life would be if you didn't have to worry about your macros your calories how much fat you're taking in and you could you know have time to focus on other stuff in your life that's actually important because the big thing that um, I see with clients is that the last thing they want to do is worry about something else. They want to focus on you know, their jobs, their careers, their family, their spouses, their hobbies, their projects at home. The last thing they want to do is remember to track their fucking food in my fitness pal or whatever calorie counting thing you have and weigh their food and blah 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 but but if it comes to serious clients that are looking for serious change those are the kind of measures you need to take and honestly this is kind of this is the best way to explain it Habit-based nutrition probably works 99% of the time for every person I've ever seen. I have yet to be approached by a client where I give them strict restrictions of macronutrient breakdown and calories to follow and actually see success. I've never seen it happen at all for general population. For the handful of bikini competitors I've trained in the past, those people have a little bit more skin in the game because they're going on stage to look a certain way. That was the only time when those things worked. For the general population, time and time and time again, they fail miserably at doing such tedious tasks like macro counting and calorie counting. You know, there's nothing wrong by doing it but you have to ask yourself, can you do it for a long period of time without wanting to shoot your face off, right? So really think to yourself, if you're someone that wants to get their diet in check and they, you think that that's the you know, answer, really do a self-evaluation. And that's kind of how I start with habit-based nutrition too because a lot of people think automatically think that they are doing pretty well in the nutrition department but i made a whole solo episode about this about how people always say you know i eat pretty good meaning i don't know what i'm doing meaning i have <clears throat> sorry meaning i have you know no clue or self-awareness of what i'm actually consuming so 
with any approach to nutrition, always self-evaluate. Number one should be like, I am not happy with how my body looks aesthetically, so I need to change my diet. That's number one. When people decide to change their eating, they already think they eat pretty good. Like this this blows it, – it's like people who have credit card debt and they're like, you know what? I have a pretty good grasp on money. No, you don't. <laughs> like just, just assume you know nothing. <laughs> it makes it so much easier. So – after the self-evaluation, you know, evaluation, you need to focus on the fundamentals. And I think I'm going to go kind of both back and forth between this whole idea of macros and habit-based nutrition. So starting with the basics that every person needs. You know, most people think they're, it's stupid, they're way too advanced to do the basics. But if you look at anything in this world that people excel at at a very high rate, every single one of them have mastered the basics. You don't see a professional basketball player, when they started their career, they weren't doing crazy trick shots right off the bat. They literally stayed on the court and practiced their shots over and over and over and over again so then when they get into the NBA, all those things become automatic. And then when it comes to winning games, that's where they push themselves out of those basics because they have that foundation and they can do brilliant things with their body and that ball into the net. Like, if you look at any profession out there, look at the UFC. You basically have to be a master in almost every fighting style do you really think all these ufc guys when they first started their career you know signed up to start jiu-jitsu and their master or their trainer decided to put them in the hardest group with all the black belts no they started with the basics no matter where you're at you're always a student remember that Whew, i can go on rants forever so the first thing you need to do right now for almost every single person out here is eat more protein. I cannot like stress this enough. When I, I actually just had a conversation with uh, a person that's frustrated that their weight loss is kind of stalled. And I was like, okay, well, tell me about like your typical like eating. And... She started telling me everything that she ate, and I was like, wow, you don't eat any protein at all. And again, people can be vegetarian and vegan, whatever it is, but it makes it that much harder to consume enough protein. And, you know, when I did this presentation, I wanted to put together um, a bunch of different um, studies together. And this one that I have up right now shows the effects of, you know, higher protein diets on thermogenesis, meaning your body burning more calories. So when you increase your protein intake, you end up burning more than you eat compared to carbs and fat. So a good example of this is like if you, you know, had your dinner and you still kind of feel you know kind of peckish you could probably eat a little bit more and you end up eating a whole bag of chips and you feel like you can still eat a little bit more 
Like, look at, say, Miss Vic's Salt and Vinegar. That's my favorite chip brand. Um, if you look, I think, at the nutrition facts, I think per 14 chips, it's like 260 calories and like something like 39 grams of carbs. That's a shit ton for only 14 chips, and they're not that big, right? And then you eat the entire bag, so you probably consume close to 1,000 calories and probably close to, I don't know, say 100 grams of carbs. And for some reason, you're still hungry. Like, that's messed up. Like, no wonder people have tough times, you know, losing weight when they're eating primarily carbs and fats. So with protein your body's going to end up burning more calories, which you want to be in a calorie deficit in order to see progress. But then on top of that, you might be thinking, hang on, if I'm burning more calories, I'm going to be more hungry. But protein has been researched and reviewed over and over and over again when it comes to hunger hormones. So you have a hunger hormone called ghrelin that triggers that hunger response. When you eat high amounts of protein, it settles that thing down. So now you're kind of tricking your body in like burning more calories and telling it that it's full. So if you think about it that way, um, it's a win-win. You're eating less, eating more protein, your body can repair, and you're already on the entire like route of success. And then I've brought up another um, study where they showed the um, effects of high-protein diets on more hormonal responses of keeping them kind of in line, keeping them happy. And, like, that's the thing. Like, when our hormones are out of whack, our bodies fucking hate us. Like, absolutely hate us. (laughs) The idea behind healthy eating and habit-based nutrition is to keep all of our hunger hormones and just hormones in general running smoothly, right? So if you ever stay up late, the next day you'll notice that you're a lot hungrier than usual. You just want to eat all the time. You combine that a late night with drinking like crazy, that also fucks up your whole hormonal response, and you want to eat more in the morning. That's why people want to eat hangover foods. Like, think about it. It's not rocket science. After protein... I am a huge advocate of eating vegetables and like a lot of them. Like just eat a shit ton of vegetables as much as possible. I can't stress this enough. Your grandmother, your mother, everyone has been saying to eat a lot of vegetables. (sighs) Here's the other thing with vegetables. They are low in calories. If you look at, like, a bag of baby carrots, I think it's something stupid, like, you know, 21 of those things are, like, 60 calories. And that's a lot of food if you, like, lay down 21 of those. So imagine you eating your protein that's allowing you to burn more calories based on thermogenesis, and it's making you feel full. And then you're eating your vegetables, like a shit ton of them, that are, you know dense in nature but low in calories you're going to end up being full faster and you're going to prevent yourself from overeating while keeping your calories low like think about how much volume of those carrots are going to fill up your stomach 
triggering that hormonal response that your body goes, oh, you have enough food in your stomach, you can stop eating. So now we're eating low-calorie foods that are allowing you to burn more fat, make you feel full, and good to go for your next meal. Like, stacking these two by themselves are huge, huge. And it's not like rocket science. It's like, eat protein and vegetables. Boom. Done. (laughs) The next one, sleep. I can't stress this enough. Sleep is so important to your body. The idea that whoever started that, you know, it's cool to brag about how many, you know, few hours of sleep you got is just idiotic. And funny enough, I had this conversation a couple days ago with another person that's frustrated again with their weight loss. And, you know, spoke about the diet, whatever. And I'm like, okay, well, how's your stress level? Super high. How's your sleep? Terrible. Four hours a night on average, and it's broken up. I'm like, holy fuck. Sleep has so much to do with recovery. And I brought up another um, study where they shows that when you have insufficient sleep, your diet that you're on that's trying to lose fat, adipose tissue, decreases dramatically. Right? So... You could be doing everything right from the diet standpoint, but if your sleep is the shit, it ain't going to matter at all. You know, sleep is more valuable than you think, right? And then in the same study, they uh, brought two groups together where one group had 8.5 hours of sleep versus 5.5 hours of sleep. The group that slept more ended up losing 60% more fat than the other group, right? And you can't deny science in these situations. Like, it all comes together in full circle. You eat right, you sleep right, you get the body that you want. It's not rocket science. After these three things are done so well that it's become automatic, like brushing your teeth that I mentioned earlier, that's where I tell people start worrying about your carbs, your fats, and supplements, right? Like people that don't master these three things are the same people that ask me, so how many grams of sugar should I be taking in? I'm like, you don't sleep more than four hours. Why are you worrying about how much sugar you're taking in? You know, like, and then people are like, are those the same people that are asking me like, oh, I can't eat past six o'clock. I'm like, why? Because I'll get fat. Like, based on what? Like, some posts you saw on Instagram, like, no, stop worrying about all the minutia and start worrying about the basics. Get really good at the basics, you know, and then start worrying about carbs, fats, and supplements. (sighs) Man, I'm going all over the place. So when I had to get into now specifics of those three things, and then you ask yourself, you know, how many protein, 
carbs and fats. This is where I introduce them to the precision nutrition model of like hand portions. So if you think about it, if you look at your hand, it works really, really well because based on your body structure, everyone has different sized hands. So if you were a bigger person, you have a bigger hand, meaning you eat more. If you're a smaller person, you have smaller hands, so you eat less. It makes it really specific. So if you look at the photo I put up on this presentation, a palm-sized portion is your protein. A fist is a serving of vegetables. A little like cupping motion of your hand is for carbs. And one thumbful is for your fat. Now, how does this look on a plate? So I have the next little slide where all those portions are shown, and for men, you double it up, and for women, you have um, just what I just uh, spoke on. So if you look at a average palm, and this is for women, if you have protein, that's anywhere from 20 to 30 grams. For men, that's anywhere from 40 to 60 grams if you have two, right? And then same idea here when you get into the carbs. For women, again, it's 20 to 30 grams. For men, 40 to 60 grams. And then when you look at the thumb portion for fat, for women, it's about you know 7 to 12 grams of fat. And for men, it's 15 to 25 grams of fat. And the coolest thing here that they mention on this PN infographic is this is based on men and women eating three to four meals a day. And that would bring you anywhere from, so for women, 1,200 to 1,500 calories per day. And then for men, 2,300 to 3,000 calories per day. Now, when you look at those numbers and those meals, that is generically around the same calories you'd get from one of those, you know, automatic calorie counter things that you go online. So if you know that now you are getting enough protein, enough carbs, enough fats, now you have a balanced diet, you're regulating all your hormones, you don't have to worry about how many calories you're eating, you're around that number that most people are trying to achieve, things are starting to put it together. Like it's going to come together. And now with that information, how do you create this into a habit? So this is an example of how I train my online clients when it comes to um, nutrition. So if you look at this uh, little basic Google Sheet that I've come up with, it's literally on one section and column is um, your habit. So in this case, I put down protein at each meal, veggies at each meal, and getting at least eight hours of sleep. And then on the across the board you have monday through sunday and all you have to write down is yes or no or a simple check mark or an x i tell people print this out put it on your fucking door and when you come home when you leave or whatever you circle yes or no or check it off or x and then you can see your progression because a lot of times when people do um Habit-based nutrition, they feel like they're not progressing as fast as they like to, but if you have something where you're tracking and you can see it, the more yeses or the more check marks makes you feel like you're going the right direction, right? Or you see one week, you're like, holy shit, I only had protein at two, um, on two days out of the entire week. Like, I gotta get my shit together for next week. And it gives you more accountability and more motivation and planning and everything. Like, again, this comes all full circle. Like, it comes together. So, 
That being said, when it comes to calories, macros, detox teas, cleanses, and all that bullshit, don't get sucked into that crap on Instagram and Facebook. Like, again, (laughs) when people tell me that they're getting advice from a 21-year-old Instagram influencer on detox teas to fix your liver, just run away. Run, run away. You're wasting your time. Don't let the marketing that you see take you off your path to success. Being successful at this is hard work. If it wasn't difficult, then everyone would not be overweight or unhappy with their bodies. So be sure to trust the process, master the basics, and guaranteed you'll see success. That's it for me, you guys. Hopefully, you enjoyed the presentation. You guys are amazing. I love you guys. Hit the show notes. Add me on Facebook. Follow me on Instagram so you can see all the videos that I post together. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Share this podcast with your friends and family. Give me five-star reviews. And that's it for me.